This is the official Sasta podcast with your host, Harry Stebbings. As you know, you can find me on Snapchat at hstebbings with two Bs. It would be fantastic to see you there. And you can find the main man behind the wonderful world of Sasta, Jason Lemkin, on Twitter at JasonLK. However, to the show today, and we've not entered the world of marketing for a while now on the show, and who better to re-enter that world than with Box, not only one of the leading enterprise companies of our day, but also one of the leading enterprise brands today. So I'm thrilled to welcome Lauren Vaccarello, VP of Marketing at Box. At Box, Lauren needs a 50 50-person team that involves demand generation, global campaigns, events, and more. Prior to Box, Lauren was VP of Marketing at Adderall, where she built and scaled a 25-person global marketing team from the ground up. If that wasn't enough, Lauren is also the co-author of the widely renowned The Retargeting Playbook and Complete B2B Online Marketing. But before we dive into the show today, we all know that trust is a key component to the success of any business, and that's where Reviews.io comes in. Reviews.io is a Google-trusted third-party review platform and is the only platform in the world which collects, monitors, and publishes reviews to Google, Bing, Facebook, Amazon, and more. Reviews.io is the only solution on the market which allows businesses to see a 360-degree view of their reputation across the web with their robust API that allows you to manage your reputation automatically while achieving the industry's highest review collection. Reviews.io is perfect for any business that's looking to increase conversions, build customer trust, and increase visibility on Google. Unlike competing platforms, Reviews.io do not agree with long-term contracts and even has a 15-day trial for all Sasta listeners. Simply head over to reviews.io now and sign up for your free trial. But it's now time for me to shut up and I'm delighted to hand over to Lauren Vaccarello, VP of Marketing at Box. Good. That's perfect. Okay. I think we're warmed up. So today we're going to talk about how to market to customers, small, medium, large, and extra large, all at the same time from the same budget. And then most importantly, we're going to get to the meat of the presentation which is going to be the 10 things you need to know to successfully market to businesses of all sizes. Well, there's 10 things you need to know to start to solve for this. The first one, and it really all lines up to customer segmentation. Whenever you're thinking about how do I solve this gigantic challenge, everyone and everyone can use my product, always anchor on customer segmentation. What I'm really going to talk about anchors along the lines of how do you segment to company size, depending on your business, your segmentation strategy may be a little bit different, but for the most companies, when you're just starting off figuring out how to do this, anchor on your sales segments. So the first thing you need to know is how do you align with your sales organization? And we're talking about how do you align with your sales organization? What do we really mean with that? The first thing that you're going to do if you want to market to businesses of all sizes and get in lockstep with your sales organization. The way that we think about this is how do we know what the goals of the sales organization is first across the commercial segment and then across the enterprise segment? Are you going after net new customer? Are you going after net new customers or are you going after customer upsell? What are the verticals you're going after? What are the geos you're going after? You need to make sure both sales knows what the targets are and the marketing department knows what the targets are. Uh, It's really easy for marketing to be order takers for the sales department. So the way we really set this up is how do we come up with this together? How do we come up with targets together and what we want to do as a collective unit? And then the next up is how do we set targets by segment? So one of the models that we had used at Salesforce that we employ at Box and at other companies is this concept of the four horsemen. And it's the idea of annual recurring revenue pipeline is not just dependent on the sales team. It really is across all of go-to-market. So the way that we start to set targets are you look at what is your annual recurring revenue target for the year. So let's say your annual recurring revenue target for the year is $10 million you want to generate $10 million of revenue. How much of that do you want to come out of your commercial segment, your small business? How much do you want to come out of 
your field segment, your target accounts. So start to set that up. And then look at your data. How long is your sales cycle? What does your win rate need to be? Don't look at blended averages. Look at across your different segments, what your sales cycle is, what your win rate is, and what your pipeline coverage is. So let's say in commercial, you want to generate $5 million in annual recurring revenue. You have a three to one, you need uh, your three to one coverage ratio. That means you need $15 million. How do you start pacing that out? So once you get those numbers of how you start pacing out your annual recurring revenue and how much pipeline you need, then you can walk through and start assigning targets across marketing, across sales, across channel and alliances. So some good basic numbers to keep in the back of your mind. If you're thinking of small business, if you're thinking of companies 100 and under with the marketing organization, marketing tends to be responsible for about 50 to 60% of source pipeline and pipeline generation across a company size under 100. From 100 to 1,000, marketing should be responsible for about 20 to 30%. Uh, if you are going after your direct sales, your enterprise accounts, marketing typically is responsible for about 10% of source pipeline, of pipeline coming in the door. I didn't make this up. This is actually serious decisions, but it is also based in reality. I will do a quick aside. I've never been told I only have to generate 10% of pipeline for sales. Um, I love that idea. Uh, even in the upper end of the market, I'm coming in 15 to 20. But if anyone from box sales is in here, serious decision says I only need 10% and I'm killing it. So start to set these targets by segment. Make sure sales and marketing agrees. Super basic. Assign a segment lead in your marketing team. When I got to box, our mid-market segment, sort of in the middle between your small business and your enterprise, wasn't doing that well in terms of marketing's contribution to the business. One of the first things that I did when I got there is I made it somebody's job. If you make it somebody's job to make sure a segment is successful, your chances of having that segment and having that growth and that part of the business being successful goes way up. So if you don't know what to do, make this somebody's job. Put someone in your marketing team in charge of growing the commercial side of your business and in charge of growing the field side of the business. Even if they don't own all the tactics, they have to own the strategy and they have to build it out. And then you've Start thinking about how you build segment-specific messaging. So you align with sales. You know who you're going after. You know exactly what your targets are. You have somebody in charge of it. You say, Joyce, your target is $15 million. Carol, your target is $20 million. This is what I need you to go do. Start to build your programs. After you have that, you can have all the right infrastructure. But if you start using the same content and the same messaging, you're going to get that ugly beige couch again. It doesn't matter if you have the right strategy. If your messaging is the same across segment, you're going to start to miss. So how do you build your messaging strategy for uh, the business? So this is a really, really simple chart. If you're just getting into, uh, if you're just starting to build out your marketing program, this is a great sort of worksheet to start filling out as you're thinking through it. Sit down across small business and across large enterprise and think about who your ideal customer is. Now, I know nobody in here would do this, but I'm just going to call it out. This should not be done by a bunch of marketers sitting in a room making all of this up. The way you're really going to build out your messaging strategy, figure out who your ideal customer is, do a little research. Talk to customers. Talk to your sales org. Talk to your customer success organization, the people who are really in it with customers every day. We actually, when we built this out at Box recently, we did a massive customer survey. We uh, did customer user groups and started to sit down and say, tell us why you chose Box. And then we went to people who didn't choose Box and said, 
Tell us why you didn't choose us. What are you really looking for? What are the problems you're trying to solve? And we didn't look and blend everybody together. We looked at small business customers. We looked at mid-market for us. And then we looked at the upper end of the market and started to understand what are the problems they're solving? What are they really looking for? And we started to fill this out. So what are your objectives? What's the infrastructure you're using? Really importantly, what are those buying triggers? What makes now imperative? Um, The thing that is not on this, that should be on this, is uh, customer proof points. When you are building your messaging strategy, make sure you have customer proof points, customer stories, customer evidence across small business and then also across the enterprise. If you're a 25-person ad agency, having a case study from GE isn't that relevant for you, you assume they don't serve your business. So be really, really careful about the customers you reference based on customer segment. And then your technology and your automation uh, is going to be key. So with small businesses, the great thing about being able to go after the millions of small businesses that exist in North America is you've got this massive target audience. The downside of this is it's really hard to have any sort of high-touch interaction. So building out the right technology, the right automation, and the right programmatic marketing is going to be key for small business. Think of this as really, really heavy digital. A couple of my favorite pieces of technology that are on the market right now, just to start building this up, demand-based or radius intelligence for company intelligence, reverse IP lookup. The reason that's going to be really important is how you start to target and segment your website. Uh, Predictive analytics is is a very, very hot topic right now in the marketing world. Uh, You'll probably hear a lot about it over the next couple of days. What predictive analytics is going to let you do is figure out who to target and when, who's showing intent in the market. If you can go after 50,000 customers right now and you have a 15-person sales organization, how do you help prioritize this? They are going to drown in how big their territory is. Uh, Your predictive analytics solutions will help you solve a lot of that. Marketo Sales Insights really interesting right now. It'll start to highlight uh, within the sales with your salespeople who's doing what, what else they're doing. Engageo also has a really good solution for this right now. Uh, so if you don't have Marketo, Engageo Account Analytics will let you see and will let your salespeople see these intense signals, who's in the market to buy and when. I love Optimizely. I think it's an awesome tool for personalization and experimentation on your website. Uh, If you're just getting into personalization and web optimization, start really simple with Optimizely. Build out a couple of tests. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about it. Conductors, great for SEO. There's a lot of in-app messaging tools. So when you're thinking about marketing, don't just think about, let me send an email, let me throw up some Facebook ads, do some programmatic advertising. Once you get someone inside your trial experience, your in-app messaging is really, really interesting. Um, Engageo also has another solution called Sales Playmaker that you can start to do um, programmatic sales plays. These are the actions you want your sales team to take, and they literally just click buttons and customize content. It's a great way to build scale quickly. And there's another tool out there called Conversica, which is uh, artificial intelligence for lead management. So instead of relying on your SDRs to send out tons of emails for every lead, you can start to prime the pump with a little bit of AI, figure out who's in the market right now to let your sales organization really focus. Next up, you need a great trial experience. This is something that your product organization, we are dependent on product organizations in a lot of ways to build a great trial experience, but having a great trial experience is going to be completely, completely pivotal. 
some basics on building a great trial experience that we went through actually at Salesforce and then again at Box. First thing for a basic trial experience, if you can work with your product team on this, just pre-populate some data. It's really overwhelming to walk into an empty free trial, so pre-populate some sample data. Again, think about that in-app messaging and how you can use tutorials to onboard. And when you're thinking about what do I want to say in in-app messaging, how do I onboard, best way to do that and to figure that out is look at the data that you have. What, what actions, what do you want someone to do that makes your product really, really sticky? Uh, at Salesforce, we had found that uploading, uh, uploading contacts and building a dashboard was what made products sticky. And this was Salesforce eight years ago when it was not the category leader. It was a much smaller company. And we said, how do we make this product really sticky? So looked at product usage. What are the attributes of, have, of a customer who doesn't leave? And let's bake that into the trial experience. Let's make the trial experience start to walk you through these actions that indicate product stickiness. And then going even deeper on that, how do you build a great trial? Is how do you actually nurture your leads all the way through the funnel? All the way through the funnel. And lead nurturing is not just about email. Lead nurturing goes beyond sort of your basic email marketing. Um, so when you're thinking about lead nurturing, you're thinking about programmatic onboarding, just a couple of quick tips. Uh, again, I'm super into in-app messaging right now, if you can't tell. Uh, the other piece is tying product usage into marketing automation data. What I've seen at a lot of companies is your marketing automation data lives here. You're going to send a bunch of emails that are based on they open this email and this is what they said. And then over here, you have product usage. And people are taking these actions in product, and there's no connection between the two. If you really want to speed up lead nurturing, if you really want to speed up time to close and win rates, think about how you can use technology to tie together your onboarding, all of your product usage data, what people are doing, how they're interacting with a fire engine, uh, <laughs> uh, with also what content they're engaging with on your website, with what emails they're interacting, and really tie these two different areas together. Again, super basic, but something that we all forget as marketers, is as you're onboarding, as you're onboarding, as you're nurturing leads through the funnel, we need to keep the sales organization tied in because all of the marketing touch points also interact with all of the sales touch points. The end user, your customer, your prospect doesn't really care if the messaging's coming from sales, the messaging's coming from marketing. They just want, they look at everything very, very holistically. So it's our jobs to make sure that we are thinking about the full funnel. Again, the uh, Engageo's tool uh, for account analytics will start to bubble up what the marketing activities are in an environment that your sales team can see. So they can start to plan accordingly and they get that um, understanding of how things really work together. So we talked a lot about small business and what we're going to do to drive to drive really marketing at breath. This is where things are going to get a little bit different. Uh, when you're targeting up market, and what we're finding right now, targeting up market, targeting the Fortune 1000, uh, targeting the Fortune 500 or whatever your high potential revenue customers are, a lot of the tactics are different. And I've had great conversations uh, with people in the last couple of weeks on how does this work? Our model is different. We really are only going after 500 companies. SEM's not really working for me. And uh, our Facebook ads aren't working. And all of these things that have worked historically in the last 10 or 15 years on how do you drive scale just doesn't seem to be working anymore and doesn't seem to be working when you're targeting the enterprise. And honestly, the market's shifted. And the market's really, really shifted for uh, any sort of upmarket communication. So when we are going after our high-touch, uh, high-value accounts, we employ a totally different strategy. And it really is this 
account-based everything. And you hear a lot about account-based marketing and account-based selling. We really look at it as how do we think about account-based everything. So the way we approach this at, at Box, we're about a year or so into this shift targeting the enterprise into this account-based everything model. And the way we approached it was, again, really, really holistically with our sales leadership organization. We sat down with our data science team to start off and said, who are the accounts we should go after? Come back to us and tell us what's going on. What are the accounts with the highest total addressable market? What are the accounts that we think will have the highest likelihood of buying? What are we successful? And we had this incredibly smart data science team come back and give us a ton of accounts. And then we sat down with the sales organization and said, all right, who do you guys think we should go after? And came up with that list. And we actually found when we combine the list from the data science team and the list from the sales organization, we get an incremental uptick of win rate of about 10 or 15% when combining the two different groups. So not just the data list and not just the sales list, but really putting these things together and coming up with what our target list is. And we did this at Salesforce about uh, eight years ago on the sort of the SE 1000, which was the top thousand accounts to go after. It's a roughly a similar size at, at Box right now. So we came up with this targeted list. What we're actually looking to do this year is we have the data, we have the alignment across sales, and to help prioritize that thousand accounts, we're pulling in intent signals and we're pulling a lot of that predictive intelligence and saying, here's the thousand accounts that sales and marketing are going to go after together. It's still a lot of accounts to prioritize, so we're using predictive analytics to pull out and say, what are the... 50 most active accounts right now, who's in market, who's paying attention, who's listening, and how do we make sure we're going after them right this minute? So just a couple of sample account-based marketing plays for you to think through as you're building your top of, uh, top of market strategy. First one, going after net new customers. Uh, you're going to employ slightly different strategies for net new customers versus your land and expands versus uh, your customer upsells. For us, net new customers sat down with the sales organization, said, these are the accounts we're going after together across sales and marketing. Perfect. Marketing's job is to provide as much air cover as possible. We're going to use targeted digital advertising just going after these companies. There's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do right now. I almost cursed. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do right now with custom audiences. How do you take, uh, how do you take business email addresses, match it with their personal email addresses, and then basically build custom audiences across Google's network and Facebook's network to go after exactly, to be in front of your exact target audience? We've done a ton of account profiling. We also do a lot of event targeting. So this is where it gets really interesting going up market. I've been in the digital marketing space for 15 years. And 15 years ago, I would have never said events work. I would have never said field marketing work. I would have laughed at direct mail. Actually, I did laugh at direct mail. And now 15 years later, the things that are working really, really well going up market, the occasional direct mail piece, field marketing, and throwing events like this. Uh, so the industry has really come full circle. Um, and now I will tell you how incredible events are. Uh, if you have event sponsorships, if you are sponsoring events like Saster, like industry events, you can actually ask the event company to invite certain people to the event, which is a really, really interesting tactic to say, Saster, we're, we want to get in front of of Box. Can you invite these five people from Box to the event? And could you help facilitate an introduction? So it's not you reaching out to a potential prospect. It's coming from a third party. We've also worked on appointment setting. And this is how do we get warm bodies in front of our sales organization so they can go and start talking and selling to NetNew? We also started to think about what do we do when we have low penetration in an account? 
We've got a couple of seats. The great thing about Box, if you have a 10,000-person company, 10,000 people can use our product. Sometimes only five people in a department use it. So what do we want to do with, some, with that, sort of install, uh, that sort of a deployment? We want to get them to, we want to go in, market, uh, figure out who those five people are and really get full penetration within a company. So your strategy is going to be a little bit different. You're still going to do digital. You're still going to do events, but you're going to pull in your outbound sales reps and do outbound rep activities. You're going to do these really prescriptive sales plays with the sales organization. Your executive and hospitality events go really, really well. And don't underestimate the value, the value of your peer-to-peer outreach. And then if you're looking for real customer upsell, customer cross-sell, we have a lot heavier AE engagement, a lot heavier customer success, and then really bringing in that executive relationship. So we built these really prescriptive plans across, um, across the board. And again, for our account-based marketing program, our field marketing is, our field marketing and that sort of hand-to-hand combat getting in front of large accounts is one of the most, um, I don't want to say profitable, but it really is profitable activities for us right now. So two seconds about overlap. Everyone uses the internet. Uh, Small businesses use the internet. Large businesses use the internet. I've had to actually have this conversation with people that I work for who assume the only people that are ever going to click on an ad on the internet or visit your website are a small business. You can be the CEO of a Fortune 10 company. You're going to use the internet. So what happens when there's that overlap? And what happens when you're starting to build out a lot of your digital content, you're focusing on the lowest end of the market, your product's for everybody. So really, really simple simple, uh, web personalization that you can turn on today. Salesforce does it really well, so I always use them as the example. Start to bucket your website visitors into three different categories. One, are they customers or are they prospects? Have a customer version of your website. So anytime a customer comes to the website, you cross-sell, you upsell, you engage them, you get them to use your product. Really easy to set up. You can use it with Optimizely. You basically just read their cookie. If they're a customer, you serve them that version. If they're a prospect, the whole version of your website is to get them to buy your product. Um, within the prospect part of your customers, you're then going to split it two ways. Your small business customers and your enterprise customers. This is where a company like Demandbase comes into play. Demandbase does reverse IP lookup. You can figure out what companies are coming to your website. One of the biggest complaints about demand base is your match rate's 15 to 20%. What about the other 80? We're just doing personalization for 15%. Flip the way you're thinking about that. If you can identify 15% of the people coming to your website, assume those are probably going to be the largest companies because they have dedicated IP addresses. The 85% of people that come to your website that you don't know their company size, assume they're small businesses that they can't afford or they don't have the volume for a dedicated IP. IP address. So for your prospect version of your website, if you don't know who they are, serve them up that small business messaging to try to get them in the door. And if you know who they are and they're a large company, tailor your messaging to much larger upmarket messaging. Uh, and then finally, um, the role of marketing doesn't end at purchase. Part of me wishes we still lived in a world where our entire job was just to send leads to sales, but that's not actually going to drive revenue. So think about marketing and what the role of marketing is going to be ongoing. So for us, it's how do you create a month one and a year one engagement plan? We want to get people in the door, but we want to make sure they're customers, they're happy customers, and they are really customers for life. So for us, it is how do you start to think about driving net retention? And your net retention is going to be how much uh, are you making off a customer today? Subtract, churn, and then add an upsell and cross-sell. And building this year one, a month one onboarding plan and year one engagement plan is going to help with that. So super quick on how to drive net retention. Again, your onboarding product engagement is crucial. Figure out what those high value actions are 
and get people to take them in the first month. Your first 30 days is the most important time period you have for customers. You can do it programmatically. You can do it with the CS organization. Honestly, onboard them with both. And this is really a joint responsibility across sales, marketing, CS product. I'm just about done. Uh, A couple of key takeaways. It's great that you can market to anybody and everyone's your customer. Just build out your segmented-based strategies. Tailor your messaging. High-tech, low-touch for small business. Whatever you can automate, think about how you can automate. In enterprise, really what's old is new. The high-touch field marketing, hand-to-hand combat is going to be your most successful tactics right now. Don't forget to onboard and retain customers. It's a lot easier to keep customers than it is to acquire new ones. Thank you very, very much. I'm Lauren Vaccarello. I'm around all week. And I'd like to say a huge thank you to Lauren for opening up her playbook in terms of marketing to all different segments of the market from SMB to Fortune 500 enterprise companies. It really was fantastic. If you'd like to stay in the loop with us, you can follow me on Snapchat at hstebbings with two Bs, or you can follow the main man at Sasta Jason Lemkin on Twitter at Jason LK. But before we leave you today, we all know that trust is a key component to the success of any business, and that's where Reviews.io comes in. Reviews.io is a Google-trusted third-party review platform, and is the only platform in the world which collects, monitors, and publishes reviews to Google, Bing, Facebook, Amazon, and more. Reviews.io is the only solution on the market which allows businesses to see a 360-degree view of their reputation across the web with their robust API that allows you to manage your reputation automatically while achieving the industry's highest review collection. Reviews.io is perfect for any business that's looking to increase conversions, build customer trust, and increase visibility on Google. Unlike competing platforms, Reviews.io do not agree with long-term contracts and even has a 15-day trial for all Sasta listeners, simply head over to reviews.io now and sign up for your free trial. As always, I so appreciate all your support and I cannot wait to bring you Monday's episode with Excel partner Steve Lachlan.